There is significant power in a name, and any of us who are parents or who uh, have parents, we know this. For example, when my son hears me say Elijah, it means something very different than when I say Elijah David Wolt. He knows there's a seriousness about that name that changes what to expect is following next. We as Christians, those of us who have been baptized, were given a new name in our baptism, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We were given the name of God himself that we are now his, and he forevermore will be our God. And for most of history, about uh, 17 or 1800 years of church history after Jesus The church has declared who this God is and what his name means and what he's done through words called a creed. A creed is a statement of belief saying this is what we believe. And so we're going together to declare with one voice the words of the Apostles' Creed, declaring who this God is and what his name means for us. And if you're not familiar with this creed, don't worry, it'll be on the screen So you can still lift up your voice and join us together in this declaration. Will you join me now? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day, He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Hi, this is Chris from The Point a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay because faith is not about having it all figured out and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before he'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Today is a day called Reformation Sunday. Anybody familiar with that? Cool. Uh, Most of you are not. So let me teach you something new today. About 504 years ago, there was a guy named Martin Luther who had some problems with the church. He said, something doesn't add up here. What you say and do doesn't match what we see in Scripture. And he had no desire to break the church apart or separate it. He just simply said, let's talk about this really big issue of forgiveness and grace and where it comes from and who's allowed to give it and how we get it. And so he went down to the church, and as the story goes, he nailed to the door 96 things he wanted to talk about, points of discussion which started a really big conversation and what was known as the Reformation, where the church was reshaped and reformed uh, to say some of the ways in which we've gone in the past are not consistent with Jesus and Scripture. Let's change that. It was kind of a big deal. 
If you've ever been to a church that's not Roman Catholic uh, here in the West, it's probably because of Martin Luther. Uh, And so, because that happened on October 31st, the church often will celebrate on October 31st, as it is today, or on the Sunday right beforehand, will celebrate what he did and just a thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for this reminder that it's not about us and it's about grace. Now, I'm going to read some scripture today, and as I mentioned, we have a guest pastor who's sharing with us. Um, After I read this scripture, I'm going to invite him up and introduce him and let him uh, share with you more what's on his heart and what he wants wants to share. So if you're interested in looking this up later, it's Revelation chapter 14, all right? Revelation chapter 14, here it is. Verses 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth and to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. With that, I'm going to invite Pastor David Graves to come on up. Pastor David is a friend of mine. He's a brother in ministry. We both share in the same pursuit. And not only that, uh, he also serves in a really big role. As a Lutheran church, what we have is what we call circuits or basically collections of other Lutheran churches that stand to support and encourage one another. And earlier this year, he was elected to the role of circuit visitor, which means when I'm having a difficult time and I'm struggling, how do I do ministry well or, or what do I do differently in this context? He's a person I can turn to for support, for encouragement, and also a lot of wisdom. So David, thank you for being here. Okay, some wisdom sometimes. I'll give you that. Uh, Thank you for being here today. I'm excited for what you have to share. Uh, Will you guys join me in welcoming David? Thank you very much. Good morning. It's good to be with you here this morning in this city we love in downtown Knoxville. I love this place. I especially love the Schultz Brow and Jig and Reel and all sorts of places around here. And as a person of Irish descent, I really like the jig and reel too, but that's pretty great. Um, As Pastor Adam, my dear friend, introduced me, my name is David Graves. I'm the pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church in Wartburg, Tennessee. Anyone know where Wartburg is? Michael Newport, you should know where Wartburg is. There's Amanda's there too. You really know where Wartburg is. Uh, I'm glad. Um, Let me share with you something about my congregation. Uh, we are, I guess our claim to fame is the oldest Lutheran church in our district, which is the Mid-South District, and uh, we started in 1846. Next year, now officially 1847, next year we celebrate 175 years. Churches are not just buildings, they're people. We've gone through several buildings, and I say that to say this, that we talk about our churches being interrelated the way we talk about our family members being interrelated. So to put it in perspective, we are your great-grandmother in terms of relation, uh, the, the great-grandmother church of our circuit. But let me tell you something, not about the history, about, but about the people. I'm from the Midwest. I come from a very pluralistic society in Columbia, Missouri, where all my family went somewhere different to church. Now, what you were raised up as was not really a huge deal, um, and I was not raised as a Lutheran. I was raised non-denominational. 
for 18 years until uh, I went to college. I was baptized Methodist early on, but then they changed their mind. Uh, and then we went to uh, the evangelical church. And the rest of the family was all something different. I come to Wartburg, and it's pretty solidly one thing, and that's Baptist. My people's um, background and, and their experience has been one that's been somewhat mixed as Lutherans. Usually treated poorly, usually told they're going to hell because that's who they are. Lutherans all go to hell, don't you know? Actually, that was explicitly said where we live. And so what it does is it makes them even more devout, but sometimes it tends to cut them off from everyone else. But they are wonderful, loving, God-fearing people who love Jesus and love the Lord and, and love their church. We're now becoming more and more of a place, though, where we have disaffected people from the church, especially in our town who've been disaffected, have not gone to church for years and years and years, and they always were told we were the place that was weird, and we were the place where you didn't want to be, we were the place where all those people are just those weird Catholics on the hill. Don't go there. If anything, and some of our members have been told by their family, please go to any church, but don't go there. They come to St. Paul and they find their faith for the first time, and they find Jesus they find a place where they're truly welcome and where they are comfortable. I know I dress different than Pastor Adam, but sometimes we have to understand people's perspective is very different depending where you are. When I'm in this, it gives them comfort because they love to dig into that deep, uh, wonderful tradition of the church, and it gives them peace that they never had before. I have people who have been persecuted, people disaffected, people have been sidelined. Who's that sound a lot like? It's not just the point that reaches people like that. Our entire circuit should be about that. Our entire body of believers should seek all of those on the sidelines, disaffected, those who have been rejected. Those are the people at St. Paul Lutheran Church. That's you here. I'm here today because I'm encouraging us to do this together. It's been a difficult year for all of us. A difficult almost two years for all of us. As Pastor Adam said, I am the circuit visitor. I don't much like the title. I have good friends in other denominations. They call that same position the dean. I kind of like that better, but I am the circuit visitor. And uh, instead of being one who just sort of shows up reactively, I want to be here to encourage you, to lift you up, and to remind you that it's not just the point in ministry seeking people for Jesus. You are part of a large network of believers who share your faith and seek the same mission as you. And now more than ever, we are called to do it together, not separately. If COVID has taught us anything, it's that it's time to get back to who we are. It's time to get back to the basics, and it's time that we realize we cannot live this life alone. We certainly can't do anything by ourselves. We need each other. And I'm here to remind you that we need the point. We need you. We need your support. We need your prayers, and we need your presence in the Knoxville circuit because of one very important thing, because of 
while we get up in the morning, who we are. And that's what today I'm going to preach to you about. But first, I'm here for another reason as well. It's to remind you that we stand by and support your pastor. Adam is a dear friend of mine. He's a great pastor. He's the most open, honest, and fearless pastor I know. And he is one who, as much as I deeply love my people, he too deeply loves you. And he shares it with us all the time. We support him. We stand by him. We support his wife, Laura. There are three kids who uh, I need to get Elijah some more He-Man stuff. Uh, and Eden, I got to get her another Care Bear. And, and uh, your youngest, he's, he's not old enough to know what, what he wants yet. But, but we stand by all of them. We love them. And we support them. I also really appreciate Adam because he is my roommate to all of our conferences and he is my yearly do I have sleep apnea check. Uh, <laughs> we're in separate beds. We're in separate beds. It's okay. But I always ask, and it's really weird. I said, did I snore or stop breathing last night? I was like, no, I didn't hear anything. I'm like, all right, we're good. I'm single. No one's, no one's there going, wake up, honey, you're dying. Uh, it's, it's good to have that there. So I want to really reiterate to you how much we support him. And I want to appreciate you for your unabashed focus on being totally and extremely people-centered. That's what every church should be, but you guys really push that out there hard. I have a story. When I first started seminary, the place where we go to learn to be a pastor, Adam was about four years behind me, so there's not much more wisdom I have than he does. Um, there was a guy named Chip Freilich. He's a pastor in Long Island. I'm from mid-Missouri. Uh, I was, I've never been to a giant city before, and he was out there on Long Island, Suffolk County, and uh, my best friends are from New York in seminary, all from Long Island. One's from North Babylon, one's from Islip. And uh, he came into seminary one day, and I just said, oh my gosh, it's got to be so intimidating being with all those people in New York City, I've never been to a city that big in my life. It's got to be crazy. And he gave me a response that I thought the time was kind of glib, but actually it makes all the sense in the world. I was like, David, it's just people. I never thought I could handle a city that big. Just people. Now, keep in mind, I thought they were really strange because this was around the time when the Jersey Shore was really popular, and I'm like, those are some weird people. But they're just people. And my ministry has taken me from New York to Los Angeles. I uh, did my internship here, Vicarage here in Connecticut, really close to New York City. And I've been to New York City over 30 times. It's just people. Just like Knoxville, just like Nashville, just like LA, just like Seattle, just like Miami, just like Washington, D.C., just like St. Louis, just like Atlanta. It's just people. Sometimes we make more of ourselves than we should, and we think a lot of ourselves. We are special. We are unique. We are so edgy. We are so out there. No one knows what I'm going through except we're just people. We're just people with sin with struggles, with brokenness, with failures. We are just people who try and make it day by day in this world that's so against us 
and so hard. We are just people who want to put people off in categories and labels and say them, they, instead of us. We're just the same human beings going through the same thing. Unfortunately, these days, we always want to make an enemy and a monster of one another. One of the bad things about this pandemic is exacerbated tensions in our society. It has made things so much more divisive and made us look at each other with the labels that the world wants to put on us, the labels that, honestly, the devil wants to put on you, to reduce you to one word and one world only. And for us, it takes us away from who we are, and we start to demonize and hate one another. How many of you may be disaffected from the church, saw me walk up and judge me immediately because I'm whatever I'm wearing? Some may. Is that fair? No. Assume what I think, what I'm going to tell you, what I believe, based on one look at me. You don't know. We do that today more than ever, and social media has made that so much worse because we can box people up even better than we have before. We have to remember we're just people. We're just people, and that's how God sees us. We're His people. We're people that God has come to love, to redeem, and He does that through His Son, Jesus Christ, to make us more than just people, to make us His people. That's what the mission is about. It's about giving people Jesus. It's about bringing us together from all the ends of Knoxville, from under the bridge to William Shatner and all the celebrities at the Fanboy Expo, and yeah, I got to meet him, it was pretty cool, to the suburbs of Farragut, to the suburbs of East Knoxville, to the inner city, to the whole East Tennessee area. Our mission is to bring people Jesus. And we need to do it now more than ever because the sign of the times shows us that that next angel that calls out in Revelation 14 is not far away. We hear today from Pastor Adam from the book of Revelation that there is an angel flying overhead holding the eternal gospel. And what is that eternal gospel? Jesus has come. He has died. He has rose for you. He has taken upon your shame, your sin. He has taken upon himself all the things that keep you down, that keep you labeled in little boxes, that keep you alienated from one another. He has taken all of the madness of the world, all the murder, all the death, all of the brokenness and evil onto Himself. And in exchange, He has given you eternal life. God has stepped into human history for you. That's the gospel. The next angel cries, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. We look at our society today, and it's falling. The world is falling to pieces. It's time to preach the gospel now more than ever while the time is right. Our mission is to give people Jesus to look at people as just people. People of the same needs, people of the same struggles as us, and people who need Jesus just as much as I do. Jesus without com compromise, without 
if, ands, or buts, without conditions, Jesus, purely for the sake of your soul, for the sake of your salvation, for the sake of your life. Because death for us is not the end. It points us to the life that we have in Christ. It points us to the resurrection that He'll give to all of us. We go out to these people because these people that we have put off, we never could imagine they could be our best friends, our family. We're part of the church. We are not just friends. We're brothers and sisters. It brings us to incredible places. It's an incredible adventure. Staying in that bookstore in St. Louis 12 years ago, I never thought where I would go. I couldn't imagine being in a beautiful mountain town in East Tennessee with some of the most loving, generous, gracious, and forgiving people I've ever known, and some of the biggest sinners I've ever known too. I never could imagine that I would know your pastor, that he would become a dear friend, a brother, and someone to work with. God's taking us to incredible places, places that we could not imagine, but places where he puts us for the sake of these people, to know Him, to know Him better, is to know that there's so much more to life than what we see on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snap Place, blah, 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 whatever. There's so much more than what we see at work. There's so much more what we see on the street. There's so much more to life and a beautiful life that He gives to each of us. We think of hard times, I think, of this story I love meeting other Christians as a convert myself. Um, it's cool to get to know uh, others from different denominations. That always is, is a benef- uh, real thing I, I appreciate, and it's a benefit to my life. I appreciate you for hosting our next event for those in the Lutheran Church, the Anglo Church, Anglican Church, and the Eastern Orthodox Church. I know that's kind of a stretch. Uh, we're coming to the point to talk about the mother of Jesus at Christmas time. We're going to be here on December 3rd. We thank you for hosting that event. As we're trying to bring our church bodies together to talk, to get to know one another, and work for unity. Unity is what my ministry has been about in many, many ways. My dear friend is an Eastern Orthodox priest. His name's Daniel. He's a, a pastor in Oak Ridge, Tennessee at St. Anne's Orthodox Church. I always thought that Eastern Orthodox people, does anyone know what that is? Eastern Orthodoxy, beards, big beards, and they always have a stern look. And I judge them, I judge them by just looking at them without really knowing what they believe. It's strange. Many are in Russia, Greece, uh, the Middle East, that's where most of them are. My friend Daniel went to Moscow, he went to Russia, and he went on a trip, and I prayed for him very hard. I'm like, oh, Lord, I hope nothing bad happens. You know, Russia, you always, always hear these bad things, but he was fine. But he meets with this guy, and I know you don't know who this is, but I think it's an important story. He meets with someone who's called Metropolitan Hilarion. Um, it's like an archbishop. He's important, but he's also very famous. He meets with the Pope all the time and world leaders, and this guy's been around the world, and, and he always has the, the coolest duds. He really does. And I said, you met with him? That's pretty incredible. He said, yeah. You got to think about this guy. He's in Moscow. He's in Russia. He's a Russian, and he was a priest for years and years. He grew up in the Soviet Union where Christians were treated horribly. 
where they were persecuted, where their churches were knocked down, burned, where they were completely on the edge of society and the state was trying to snuff them out. He went through growing up in that environment to the collapse of the Soviet Union to where he couldn't scrounge enough money to even buy a block of cheese. And now he has risen through the ranks and becomes this prominent figure and the church is recovering there and it's building back up and it's a much better place than it ever has been. And we have a mission there too in Russia and it's doing very, very well. You have to imagine what he went through. Hard times, really difficult times, much harder than what we have gone through. We've not had guns pointed to our heads. We've not gone through that. Maybe you have and God bless you. We as Christians are not put on the edge of society, not yet. We've gone through difficult times, being isolated at home, having to watch church on TV, but we've gone through nothing like what this man went through. And they're talking with them, and they said, what do we do? Things are hard. Things are tough in America. What do you suggest? What's your idea? What, what is our mission? I thought for a, a Russian... Someone who we think Russians are really stern and he gives some big complex answer. He's a big important guy, a good theologian, that he would give something really brainy and really complex. No. You know what he said? Give people Jesus. Just give people Jesus. In the midst of hard times, the mission becomes clearer. We are here to receive Jesus to have his very body and blood given to us for the forgiveness of our sins, for the salvation of our souls, to make us whole. We're given Jesus in the word of God, proclaimed to you that he loves you and that he is by your side, he is with you always, even in the midst of hard times and suffering. We receive Jesus when our sins are proclaimed forgiven by your pastor. We're given Jesus we're given the help from a neighbor who's with us on our worst day. And we are to go and to take all that and give it to those people that we have not met, those people that feel so rejected, so lost, so out of place. And that's what today is all about. Martin Luther went through some very hard times he saw the church had gotten away from its mission. He had gotten away from people and got so sucked into itself. And the point of the Lutheran Reformation is this. It's to give Jesus to the people. To realize what the church is all about. It's all about bringing Jesus to you. It's all about engaging and encountering those people who need him and need you in their life. And that's what the mission of the Knoxville circuit of our church body is all about. Our mission has become clearer through COVID, that we are not little islands that work independently, but we are called into mission for Jesus together to stand by one another, to love one another, and to realize that we are part of something big, something beautiful, and something that our Lord Jesus has done for 174 years in Wartburg and for 12 years or so at the point. That's what we're about. It's time for Reformation and the church to call us back to who we are, where we're going, 
and to know that we don't do it alone, that you have brothers and sisters throughout Knoxville, from Wartburg to Sevierville and all over this area who love you, who pray for you, and who are with you and want to bring Jesus to this place we call home. That's why I'm here. That's why I wanted to be here this morning, to show you the encouragement and the love that your church body has for you, to know that you are an important part of it, that you belong, that you are loved, and to encourage you to join us and let's go give Jesus to people. I appreciate your witness. I appreciate your mission. I appreciate all that you've done here in downtown Knoxville. Congratulations on this awesome space. We are so happy for you, and thank you for letting us use it from time to time. Uh, it's pretty awesome. It's an awesome location. What we want to do uh, in the future is get you together with those brothers and sisters that I told you about. And this is a great place to do it. We want you to meet one another so that we can make this mission even bigger, even better, and to see the scope of what Jesus is doing through those who share the same faith and the same mission. Thank you for putting Adam through SMP. Where is Adam at? There he is, right there with his Luther shirt. Got it. He's just been to St. Louis to Concordia Seminary. And Adam, we support you and we stand by you too. And we love you and we love what you're doing. And we thank God that he's given you this ability to serve him and to serve these people. We're part of a big family, folks. Great-grandma says hello. And uh, you're welcome anytime in Wartburg, that wonderful place, to be part of our worship as well, a little different than here, but one where you'll be welcome with people just like you. David, thank you for all of that. I appreciate it. And I want you guys to know, if you do get the chance to go visit, um, I would recommend going in the morning and sticking around for the afternoon. In the morning, you get to experience worship with them. Um, but they have two things in their congregation that we don't yet have here that are pretty great. One is John Boy's Barbecue. If you've ever eaten that food truck, they are our brothers, a part of that congregation. And they also sometimes have great moonshine there with John Boy's Barbecue. Uh, and another one of his, his congregation members uh, has MoCo Brewing, so I have yet to go out to that brewery, but uh, I'd love to plan a trip if you ever want to join me, all right? Well, as we continue our worship this morning, we're going to continue by collecting an offering. Uh, here in this place, we give because we believe God is inviting us to partner with him in the work that he's doing as we seek to just give people Jesus, to see people, all people, as his people. And we recognize sometimes that requires us to invest here in this space like coffee and toilet paper. And other times that requires us to take our funds and our money and go out into the community and love and serve in new and different ways. And so when you partner with us and you support us through your giving, your gift isn't just to keep these lights on. It's also to connect people, connect them with Jesus, to show them their love. So if you prefer to give with cash or check, if that's how you normally give and you came prepared to give today, you can put that cash or check in the popcorn buckets that's in the back when you exit, along with one of those physical connect cards. If you are a pen and paper kind of person and you fill that out, you can drop it in the bucket as well. And if you came prepared to give today and you'd like to give electronically, you can do so at thepointknox.com by clicking the little teal button in the bottom corner. However you give and whatever you give, Remember this, 
We don't give to get God's love, but because we already have it. Thank you. David, I know Schultzbrow is one of your favorite places, so I hope to see you there on Wednesday. And I also know that some of us here don't drink for a variety of reasons, and I want you to know that Bar Church can still be a safe place for you. Schultzbrow has awesome food. So yes. come on out and enjoy the food and the music, even if beer is not your thing. Bourbon Barrel Aged Oktoberfest, the four best words this time of year. Amen. Now, as we continue our worship, we believe questions are a healthy part of faith, and so every week we do our best to respond to questions. I'm going to first today give David the opportunity to respond if he would like, and I'm also giving him permission, just like I do with Vicar <laughs> Adam, to defer the difficult ones if he really doesn't want to. So, Emily, what questions can I'm going to I'm going to get you all real comfy before we start, okay? Because somebody said, thank you, Pastor David, for an honest, upfront sermon. We need unity, not division. Thank you, and I love the clerical collar. Oh, thank you. Heart, heart emoji. See, now you just feel really good to answer all the hard questions, right? <laughs> I have to go to, to, go to St. Louis to buy these, so you know. <laughs> Don't have them here. All right, someone texted in, is it more important to be Lutheran than Christian? Are Lutherans the only ones sharing the true gospel? Mm, that's a good question. So we would say those identities aren't different that we are Christians, we are Lutherans. It's a tradition that we're part of, and it's a confession that we have, and we believe that it's true to the Scriptures and to the Gospel. Are we the only ones who are preaching the Gospel? Our Lutheran tradition says uh, no, because it's not something we just declare outright. Um, are we going to have dif disagreements and differences with other denominations, other traditions? Well, of course we do. That's not why, why, we're, why we're separated apart, unfortunately, and it's not what Jesus wills. He wants us to bring, come together. This is why we work with and why I work so intensely with other denominations to try and build unity. Um, but, but no, we would say one's not more important, but we'd say for me it's the same thing, um, but it depends on what's being preached in a church. You could go to any church and hear the gospel preached, uh, but we hold to our confession because we're like, hey, for particular reasons, for our context, for where we're at, these are uh, things that we need to articulate and stand by, and these are things that we believe help remedy the problems that happened during that period of the Reformation. It's something we hold to as a, as a true exposition of the Word of God, what we believe. So I would say that it may be a false choice um, that we're one and the same, but we seek to build those bridges and that unity with other Christians and learn from them. Well, I mentioned the sermon, if you would think about an Eastern Orthodox archbishop, I assume some complex, arcane answer. How many of you would have expected that answer from him? That's what he said. I didn't at all. It blew me away. So I think there's a discovery when we talk to one another how similar we are and what we have to build, and those disagreements are very complex, and it takes a long time to work through those, but it's what Jesus wants us to do, um, and that's what we work towards. But yeah, we always put our, our effort into that, but I would say our Lutheran tradition is, is a wonderful thing. It's a good thing. It's something that I'm proud to be part of, and, and we are Lutheran Christians, so the two don't go separate. I was talking with my neighbor about this yesterday because he asked me a similar question, and I love your answer. I appreciate that. One of the ways I like to think about it is like your last name tells me a lot about what's going to happen at your family gatherings, right? When you gather as a family, it's going to look really different than when I gather, and we're going to gather around different priorities and emphases, but we're still families and we're still gathering. So being a Lutheran Christian, that just helps understand what's our priority and our focus yes. in what we're doing. 
Okay, next question? All right. All right, next question. With your non-denominational background, what caused you to elect the Lutheran religion for yourself? And why do people in your town say all Lutherans will go to hell? Same. I'm like, what do I not know that I need to know about that we're concerned about this? So, so I want to be careful about the second part. Um, but the first part is what, what happened. Uh, I'm a child of the 80s and the 90s. And um, the way in which the evangelical church was going was something that was not prioritizing teaching. So I went to college and I was hit with hard questions. Uh, I didn't have good answers, especially when, and it wasn't in class, it was on the dorm balcony where they're just having theological conversations. I don't know why, but they did. And uh, I didn't understand what in the world they were talking about. I was like, many of you, all these words that were, be, were being used, I had no clue what they meant. And I felt that I, I have all these questions now. I, I want to get answers. And I went to, to the church where my dad still goes. My father's, I have to say this, my father is such a, a model for my life. And he is a great Christian man. We don't agree on things. But he's a great, great Christian man. He's, he's an inspiration to me and, a, and for my brother. Um, very important to me. So it was a difficult separation. But I found from those there, I didn't get the answers I was looking for. I got a lot of mushiness. And so uh, I was sucked into Bible study with the Lutherans uh, who had Bible study. And uh, my pastor in Fulton, Missouri, went to Westminster College. He, he tricked me into uh, being confirmed, and I was confirmed a Lutheran in 2006. And um, my friend James, who was my roommate at the time, he, his parents worked at our headquarters in St. Louis for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And I read a book called Why I'm a Lutheran by Daniel Price. And they said, hey, you're going to have lunch with him today. Oh. He said, what do you want to do? I can't forget this. is in Kirkwood. It was at Sesame Chinese uh, restaurant there. He says, what do you want to do? I said, oh, I want to teach. I want to teach theology. He says, no, you should be a pastor. That's what you should do. After that, James said, oh, yeah, you have a meeting at Concordia Seminary with the admissions people. So I've been tricked into all this. Um, but that, that's how that happened. Uh, but but I, I thank God for it every day because I know the best people I've ever known in my life. And, and it's uh, been a grace and a, and a real blessing. Um, the second part is this. Um, it's a really complex answer, but I think generally, the, without putting people down and with being um, just very to the point, uh, it's ignorance. It's just they don't know, they don't understand the differences, and they just assume from a, a, an odd place what we do. I mean, we've been sa the, people said, oh, you guys celebrate Hanukkah, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, that's the place, it's, it's actually an African-American church, which I'm like, well, we'd have really good music if we were. Um, but they said because of Martin Luther King Jr. That's why it's a Lutheran church. Yeah. So there's a lot of ignorance, and a lot of people just don't understand who we are, and they don't have much uh, interest to learn. And so when people are seen and, and labeled so different that they're untouchable and all that, um, they just make up their own answers as to why. But really, it's, it's, it's the scariest thing to me. I think the main reason is this. They're not like us, so they're wrong. And if they're not like us, they're going to hell. You have to be like us to be right. That sort of very absolute mindset is, is what is common there. But uh, they're scaring people out of their churches into mind. They make the best members, so... All right, we have two more questions. The first is, we are supposed to love everyone, mm -hmm. but if we cut toxic people out of our lives, how can we love them? Besides prayer, how can we forgive them? Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> uh, that is a hard thing to do. 
Toxic people need Jesus just as much as you or I do. And there are times, though, when people are not healthy, their presence isn't healthy, um, but you need to understand those boundaries are a good thing, and to establish boundaries in your life, you don't have to let people run your life. You don't have to let toxic people tell you what to do. You can tell them and have a place know, but you can be loving with those boundaries there. And um, sometimes we, we don't have to be someone's best friend, um, but we understand that we're all sinners, we all fall short, and sometimes friendships fall apart, they don't work out, and that's a sad tragic thing, but we pray for Jesus to heal us, to heal them, and we know that one day uh, when we're all brought together in the new heavens and the new earth, that toxicity will be gone, and we will love that person more perfectly than we could ever possibly love them now. But unfortunately, sin is sin. It's a reality, and toxicity is a reality, especially these days, and it's helpful to have boundaries in life. That's a healthy thing, and it teaches somebody, especially who has those tendencies, uh, there's places where you just need to stop and where you can't go, and maybe that helps them, but establish those boundaries. Sweet. That was great. I love boundaries. <laughs> um, okay, last question. So does Adam when we room together. <laughs> the second coming, I just saved the best one for last. The second coming is described both as Jesus coming with the clouds like a storm where all will see and hear and like a thief in the night. So which is it? <laughs> well, um, I've, I've, not encou- I've encountered a thief at St. Paul when we were building our, our new educational wing. It was in the middle of the night. My dog, Trip tracked him. And we were going around the whole church and, and he was sniffing real hard and then he stopped and he pointed. And there was a guy in there with a cell phone light going up and down the wall. And I was like, oh, no. We ran to the other side of the church and called the police. Um, and so I didn't expect that. That was scary. But once he was there, I knew he was there. And I couldn't, I couldn't uh, get that out of my head. And, and then they dragged him out and said, what do you want us to do with him? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not the police. You, you take him away. I don't know. Um, but uh, I, think, I think, yeah, you can have both at the same time. He comes like a thief of the night. I think that what that means is, is that we can't, predict and say on December 25th of, or that'd be right on Christmas, uh, let's say, <laughs> not, not as auspicious, January 15th of 2028, Jesus coming back. Well, that's not how that works. Um, at a time, as Jesus says, uh, the Son of Man will come at a time, an hour that you do not expect. Um, and, and so, we don't know, we can't calculate when, but when he comes, it will be unmistakable that he's back. So, you can have both uh, and again, a lot of times when it comes to the end time stuff, there's a lot of metaphor too, especially Revelation is heavy in metaphor because in the Reformation period, they thought that angel was Luther and they thought it was the end of the world right then. So there's, there's a lot of heavy use of metaphor and we got to be careful with some of that. I think December 25th would be a really smart time to come. No one's expecting it. No. We're all distracted. What, We're expecting what better, him as a baby maybe. You know, what better like, no. Christmas gift, right? Yeah. Or that, that too, yeah. Think about all your Christmas gifts that you waited until the 24th to purchase. You don't even have to wrap them because it oh, won't matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Great points. <laughs> Try it this year. Let Maybe him know. Yeah, year. yeah, okay. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Thank you, David, so much for being here. Thanks for your, your responses. I really appreciate it. I hope it's helpful, and, and it's my joy to be with you here today. As your circuit visitor, uh, there's a lot in which we do, uh, but I want to be here for good reasons too. And, and happy reasons. A lot of times it shows up that there's issues and whatever we do, but I don't want to do that. I want to do this and uh, to encourage you and, and to, to give a face.
you and I want to see your faces and I important to me. And while I hope this is never a need or a reality, if you ever do have a problem with me that you're like, what do we do about Adam? You can talk to him. He's safe. I'll give you his number and uh, he'll come address it. All right? Yeah, you're good. You're fine. Um, He's good. He's good. In the meantime, while you don't have any problems and everything's perfect, right? Uh, If you would like to enjoy some food today, uh, our neighbor church, First Lutheran, just down the street on Broadway, I believe is having a food truck, and they said, come on down. So if you want to come down and enjoy some food and maybe conversation with others, uh, they welcome you. It's just on Broadway a few blocks. And if not, I hope wherever you go and whatever you do, you go with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person Every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., we pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.